we're, uh, we're reading from Proverbs, chapter 1, verses seven, uh, 1 to 7. And uh, if you're not sure where that is in the Bible, if you open your Bible up roughly in the middle, you'll be in Psalms, and Proverbs follows on soon after. It, uh, it's not the most uh, academic way of finding it, but it works. So our reading tonight says this. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Uh, if you're not aware of it, we're starting a, a, a series on, on, uh, on wisdom. Uh, based on, on, on the Proverbs. Um, and where do we start? Well, we start at the beginning. It makes sense, doesn't it? And um, I've got to say, I, I really like this first seven verses. Uh, why, do, why do I like it? Well, I like it because um, it's, it's kind of almost like a, a Ron seal. That feedback's coming back again. Ooh, chasing me. Um, that it's almost like a Ron Seal moment. It, it, it tells you on the tin what's coming and why, why is it useful. Um, and it would be very easy for us to kind of skip over the first six verses as just being kind of the blurb and, uh, and uh, just uh, settle for the um, verse 7. But we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to look at these first six verses first, just very, very quickly. Verse 1 tells us that King Solomon, the son of David, gathered together these proverbs. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a thing that, you know, um, you can almost imagine him um, going around or, or sending people out um, to find wise people and, and kind of, what's, what's your, kind of your wisest bit? What's the wisest bit that you know? Uh, and, and, and gathering them together. Um, you see, Solomon even though he'd prayed for wisdom from God, was wise enough to gather wisdom together. Wise enough to gather wisdom together. But not just in order to create kind of a big library, you know, and, and look at all my books, are, are, are wise sayings and what have you. you know, like we might say, look at my book of poetry, and I've got everything from Pomers to... Uh, Somebody else who writes poems, I'm, I'm limited. Um, Spike Milligan, that's probably not such a big gap, is it really? You know, Ning Nang Nong, and I wish I'd looked after my teeth. Uh, anyway, um, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, what's the point of these proverbs? Why bother gathering them together if it's not just to create a big library? Uh, well, the next five verses kind of fill us in. What's the point of proverbs? Well, firstly, to create um, wisdom and discipline for the readers. And then two words go together, like um, 
I'm going to say like fish and chips, but they bind and they support one another. And I think we're going to find out a couple of times tonight that these two words crop up together. Um, Where you find one, you'll find the other. It's wise to be disciplined and it requires discipline to be wise. Proverbs are good, we're still in verse 2, good for interpreting words of insight. You can almost think of it almost like using a proverb uh, as a a, a coloured filter to shine a light onto a word of knowledge or um, um, a word of wisdom or somebody's new thought uh, to kind of shine a light and show it up in a particular way. Does it does it have integrity? Does it match up with um, what we know to be wise, what we know to be sensible? Moving on into uh, verse 3. For acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. You know, um, I could be wrong, but I reckon if you looked in a theosaurus, um, Prudent is much akin to wisdom, much akin to being wise. So again, wisdom and discipline. But if it's in part of a life, that means it's not just theatrical, it's applied. Um, You can know loads about a subject, but until you actually put it into action, it will do you very little good until you actually apply it in your life. Um, it will do you very little good. I remember a story told by, a, 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 I, would, I was going to say an old local preacher, but he was probably uh, my age. So by an old local preacher um, back home in Robin, and he tells a story of uh, his son. And his son had got a new swing in the back garden. And uh, this, uh, this local preacher, a teacher, um, he was a secondary school teacher, so he didn't know how to do it right. Um, and he took his son out in the garden. He said, right, son, this is your new swing. And uh, to make it work, you sit on it uh, and um, you, you, you swing your legs forward and you shout. And, and as you swing your legs forward, that's it. Forward, that's it. And then you swing your legs back. Back, that's it. You got it? Forwards and back. And, and the phone went. So he went into the house. And uh, he's in the house and he's on the phone and he's talking to somebody and he can hear this little voice in the garden. Forwards! Back! Forwards! Back! Forwards! Back! Forwards! Back! And as he goes, he finishes his phone call and this, his four-year-old son's getting more and more irate and he, he goes out into the garden and says, what's the matter, son? He says, this, this swing's rubbish! Show me. Why is it rubbish? It don't work! What do you mean it don't work? It's a swing. He says, show me, what, what, why won't it work? And the child sat back on the swing and he folded his arm and he said, forwards! Back! See? It don't work. Son, it's no good, just know it. You've got to do it. Forwards, swing your legs forwards, swing your legs back. For, oh, 
Suddenly we got motion. Suddenly these kids got understanding. Ah, a wise and prudent life. No good just knowing it. It's got to be applied. It's got to be lived out. To do right, that is that which is just and fair. Again, if we put this applied wisdom and discipleship into gear, it will affect how we relate to other people. It will affect what we do. It will um, guide us to be doing what's right, to be doing what's just, to be doing what's right by other people and what's just by other people, what we tend to call being fair. Verse 4. Giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Here's an encouragement, you know. You don't have to be born wise. You can grow wise. You can learn wise. It can be given to you, wisdom. Verse 5. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. See, there's an element to which wisdom is accumulative. It's not like... Um, it's not like um, needing some wood so you go to B&Q and you buy an eight foot length. And that's as much as you're ever going to get. Now, wisdom is more like planting a tree and nurturing it so it grows and it grows and it grows and you can harvest it and you can get more wisdom and you can find more wisdom. You can acquire more wisdom. You can be given more wisdom. It's a cumulative. It's a, what we used to call back in the day a lifelong learning process. It's never over. And it's uh, beginning and excuses, excuses to our group um, for the echo of last week. And the beginning is being aware that you need it. Blessed are the poor in spirit, as Jesus said. Blessed are you who know you've not arrived and that you still need more. Even if you've been growing a tree for 50 years, there's still more. There's still more growth to be done. Even if you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years, there's still more of him to discover. There's some, still more wisdom to be um, to dive into, if you like, and experience. We never arrive until we've arrived at the end. Verse 6. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise... Now, if I'm understanding this right, what Solomon is getting at here is saying, look, if you have this much wisdom and you understand it, you can use it to help you understand something that at present you don't understand. You can apply this to that.
We saw Jesus doing that, didn't we, in the New Testament, with, when he says things, you will parents, you understand about being parents, well, let me introduce you to a concept that's even bigger, that God's your parent. You know how you like to please your, your, your children, provide welfare, well, God, even more so. Using this that you already understand to begin to understand something that's even bigger. To, to understand, to, to get access into an even a bigger, deeper, broader wisdom. And let's face it, if we reflect back on our Christian experience, we can all probably find examples when, when God's done that with us. Whether it be um, through our own, our own families, whether it's been uh, we've kind of had a, a, an inkling, an understanding uh, of something, and then God's kind of used that almost as a, um, a wedge into something bigger and he's shown us something bigger and we gradually began to understand it because of where we've already been or what we've already experienced or what we already have had revealed to us. It's a good job that that's the way God chooses to do it, isn't it? Because, let's face it, if we had to understand all of God in one sitting, we'd blow our minds. It took God becoming one of us in simplicity for us even to begin to grasp him. Which brings us on to verse 7. And I love this verse because it's almost as if Solomon puts it in as an afterthought. But he puts it in to warn. Warn, probably not the right word. To ask us to examine our motives. If we're pursuing wisdom, why are we doing it? If we're pursuing knowledge, why are we doing it? Are we doing it so that we can have a big library? Are we doing it so that we can show that we're cleverer, brighter, more intelligent, know more proverbs, can spout more cliches than somebody else? Because I think what Solomon's saying in verse 7 is, look, if that's why you're doing it, stop now. Stop now because you're wasting your time. You're missing the point. And actually you're missing out on what all this wisdom is trying to lead you to. Because if you don't know God, you don't know anything. And if you're not known by God, you're known by no one. Where do we start in this pursuit for wisdom? We start before the throne. In fear of the Lord. In relationship with God. 
It gives us perspective. It gives us that perspective of king and subject. We'll be back to this morning. So if you, weren't, if you don't know, you have to ask him. The beginning of knowledge is to be known and to know a person. You know, it's so much more valuable to know a person than it is to know about them. I could read uh, a biography of anybody and it would give me insights into what's happened. But I wouldn't really understand them. I wouldn't know why lots of them things had happened. I wouldn't know really what effect those events had on that person unless I actually knew them. And not just that, but that knowing is reciprocal. As you begin to know someone, they begin to know you. As we begin to know God, we begin to realise He knows us. That's the place to start. And knowledge, wisdom, prudence, discipline should all feed that relationship. Should all help that relationship to grow and prosper. And then Solomon sticks this Second half of a sentence in. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. When we think of fools in the in scriptures. Often it's not speaking about people that don't know. It's speaking about people that do know, but choose to be ignorant. Choose not to apply what they know. If we need a, 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 an example of that, when Jesus talks about the uh, wise and foolish builders, they were both builders, they knew their trade. But still one decided... To counter to everything that they knew, all the wisdom that they had, to build on sand. don't want to mix sermon series but in the mornings we're talking about discipleship what's the root word of discipleship discipline
It's not quite true. You can play with the actual letters. But if you take discipline out of discipleship, what you're left with? A ship and you're all at sea. Discipleship is about taking God's wisdom and submitting to it in a disciplined fashion. It's seeking to emulate, to replicate and to live out our lives in his way under his mentorship to be apprenticeship in Jesus. To be seen what the Master's doing. To be seen his wisdom and how he applies it. And trying to do the same in our lives. So to tie tonight's thoughts up. A few challenges maybe. If this wisdom and this discipline go together. And if this wisdom and this discipline are required for us to grow in God. It seems to me that this is an area that we we might find ourselves struggling in. Because it's easy to choose easy. And discipline would be okay if it just didn't take so much discipline wisdom would be so much easier to implement if it didn't affect our lives quite so much so starting with the fear of the Lord with an acknowledgement that without God, nothing is of value. Let's together choose wisdom. Let's choose to start with God. To grow in God. and to live in God. Amen.